Welcome to Catch the Fire London podcast. We hope as you listen to this message that you will encounter God's transforming presence. Can you all stretch your arms out to Timmy? Father, we thank you for Timmy. We thank you for how he is a man of the secret place. He is a man of the word, but he's also a man who knows you intimately, God. And I thank you for him. I thank you that he speaks from a place of knowledge in both his heart and in his head, God. And that you've anointed him for this message today. And so, Father, would you pour out your power and your fire and your anointing upon him right now. But also, would you open our hearts and our minds to receive the word that he brings today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dan. Good morning oh afternoon sorry good afternoon church good afternoon just afternoon okay morning afternoon good afternoon saints of god we thank god for another time before him um one of the many things that the lord shared uh whilst we're worshiping dan said um those who call upon the name of the lord shall be saved very very true um the today's topic is called god loves my faith in action and it's going to take a different style today. Um, first, I want us to talk to God and say, Lord, help my faith. I do have some ounces of faith, but I want it active because God says, your faith delights me. When your faith is active, it makes me delighted. So let's talk to God. Just a few seconds. Father, in Jesus' name, I come, not in my own name, not in my own shape or form, but Lord, under your grace and anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I ask, Lord, you take over my lips and my loins. Speak your holy words and words of life through me. Father, Lord, I invite the Holy Spirit to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Change and lift us up, Father God, from wherever we are dormant to a place, Father, you've called us. You said to applaud John the Beloved, come up higher than so you can receive your revealed world. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's turn our attention to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel was a young guy. Yeah, I could call him young man <laughs> in his own time. But something um, not so pleasant happened. Daniel chapter 1 is after Ezekiel. Yeah. In Daniel chapter 1, I'll read. Okay. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, Jeho right, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Bad Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Uh-oh. With some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shina, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Let me pause there. Now, this is not very interesting at all. This is the background of Daniel's, the guy we want to look into his life. He was living in Judah, and uh, through... A combination of factors, which is both the children of Israel and the king. The king, we're told his name Joachim. Now, that name is actually, was a name given to him. Because he was captured by a foreign king. And because of all manner of sins they did. Not just sin, but Bible says that they committed abominations before God. And so God set up the stage, brought this man in, the king of Nebuchadnezzar. And they took them to exile. Now, it's not an interesting start to somebody's story. But that's what happened in the time of Daniel. 
So Daniel and all his friends and all the people now, usually what happens those times is once they capture you, um, they usually, if you don't fall by the sword of the enemy, then they'll capture you, become a slave to them. Now those who are feeble in one shape or form, they leave them, they call them the poor people. Okay, you just guys stay in the land, X, Y, Z. And that was a scenario to the life of um, Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, right? Which is not pleasant. That's the environment he came from. So in verse 3, we, let's read. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuch, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Now the Chaldeans are the same thing as the Babylonians, right? So the king gave an express instruction here. I want guys, I want children uh, who are from the king's descendant or just um, they're, they're children of Israel, and, uh, one, uh, and some from the nobles. Nobles are the leaders. Now, nobles are what we call our dukes these days, right? Right? And lords, okay? Uh, so the king of Nebuchadnezzar, he has a good taste, isn't he? He wants, he knows what he wants. And he instructed the eunuch, this is what you do. Don't go for the children who are from poor. No, 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 I don't want those ones. Those ones who are, can serve us in our civil service, those are the ones we're looking for. Now, Daniel happens to qualify. Right, how do we know that? Let's look at verse 3 again. He said, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good looking. Now, this one I think our ladies can easily relate to that, isn't it? Mm. Easily. Mm -mm. We'll go back again. And then he goes to say, um, uh, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. No, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. Let's look at those two to start with. Gifted in wisdom and possessing knowledge and quick to understanding. Oof. Now, the Bible says gifted in wisdom. So we know primarily is a gift. Well, wisdom is a very good thing that we should have. The Bible tells in the book of James that if you lack wisdom, ask for it. Now, we do find ourselves in positions where we need wisdom, don't we? Let's look at a very good example in the Bible. Solomon, you know him. David's son, he inherited the father's throne. And the first challenge, the first assignment was two ladies. Uh, I don't know whether they apostles or not, but one said, the apostle, yeah. One said, oh, you stole my son. No, no, it's not your son. Now, if it's modern day time, we use what? Genetics, DNA to resolve, isn't it? In Solomon's time, those things don't exist. So do, Solomon had to rely on what? God's wisdom. And God poured wisdom to Solomon, and Solomon was able to know the real mother of the baby, isn't it? Such wisdom we still need now. Yes, we have technology, we have AI, but can I tell you, all these things, they have their, shall I say, uh, sell-by dates or expiry dates. They have their limits. They can only go this far, and they can't go anymore. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's not put too much attention or trust on technology. Technology can fail. I work with technology, I can tell you. I tell my wife sometimes, I say, look, don't rely too much. I think it was a sad name. I said, don't rely too much. And I said, why? People like me write it, and we're not perfect. <laughs> we're not perfect. I remember <laughs> I was using the sat nav something. I was going somewhere, and it says, turn right. I said, no, no, no. It says, turn right. I said, no, I'm not going left. Why? Because I knew the area, and I know I'm supposed to go right. So I went right, and it was still telling me something else. So I said to my wife, these things sometimes, they have what we call bugs. Mm, 
box means it's not perfect. Okay, so wisdom we all need, so we need to ask for. Wisdom sometimes we don't find in textbooks. It comes direct from the Holy Ghost. We need it. Like Dan said, those in the name of the Lord. I think that scripture is found in Acts chapter 2. Shall be saved. We need to. And I'm sorry, Joel. We need to crown the Lord that we need wisdom. We need wisdom to navigate our current times. The times we live in, they're difficult times. I don't know whether you know about that. And we need the wisdom of God to navigate. So, this is one of the requirements. The one from the children that uh, they're going to serve in the king's service. So, the second one says, possessing knowledge. Ooh, possessing knowledge. This is where we'll launch into our topic, which is, Faith in action. God loves our faith in action. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, if you can, it says what? It says, um, let me try. I'm trying to quote it, but it's not flowing. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Uh, did Joshua leave verse 3? Is it there? Sorry, thank you. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why is it so important? Well, you and I were all saved by faith in the word of God, isn't it? You had Dan preach or actually preach somehow, somehow, and then, woof, I want that. And the Holy Ghost came and took residence in you and I. So we have the word of God and we have the Holy Ghost. Right, we celebrate and keep celebrating this morning as we're worshiping because he invaded us with his holy presence. That's the Holy Ghost. But he says here, faith comes by hearing and the hearing by the word of God. And we're saved by our faith. And God goes further to say that, look, you live by faith and not by sight. In other words, you don't live by the gift of the Holy Ghost. You live by the faith in the person of Jesus Christ. So we know that and we're going to grow by that. So let's not anybody face you because they have the gift of God. The gift of God belongs to the Holy Ghost. If he stops it, there's nothing you can do about it. But when he releases it, it's fine for the benefit of the church. But he expects you and I to grow by his holy word, scriptures. So here the king said, look, I want guys who are, what? Possess knowledge. Now let's look at another example. God expects you and I to grow. How do we grow? Primarily by the word of God. How? First Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 says what? Let me see if I can quote that. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, it says that uh, a workman is not ashamed. Please help me find it. First Timothy chapter 2, please. First Timothy... Chapter 2, verse 15. Are you there? Is it that one? Okay, let me read it. It's the wrong one. Okay, but let me see. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Second Timothy. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Second Timothy, chapter 2, <laughs> verse 15. Is it at the back? Oh, sorry. All right, do yourself to present yourself to God as one approved worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. That is um, Apostle Paul speaking to his son in the Lord, Timothy, the pastor. So guys, you, you and I have the responsibility to take the word of God and chew it and study and meditate and expect the Holy Ghost to beam the light of God upon so that becomes a really living reality in you and I. It is for you to do. Don't rely on anybody's preach on the internet to do that for you sit down at the feet of jesus and say lord i'm here to be trained why because he said when you do that you'll be approved by god this is my servant i'm ready to send out let me digress a little bit uh sandals that's our military academy isn't it 
You go there, I'm sure if we all go there, I'm sure we, we guarantee one success in one area, in the area of discipline. In the area of drills, I'm not sure, but discipline, yes, we all get that, get a certificate for that. Why? In the military academy, you go through training, usually for nine months or three months, whatever, right? The king here was invited them for training for three years. Now, in the Lord's service, we're not there for three years. We're there till eternity. Every day, we retrain. Every day, we retrain. Why? Because God and the Holy Spirit is always showing, son, this area needs updating. Go back and train. One of the ways he trains us, sometimes, which is a I like this method. He brings mentors into our lives, and then you learn from them, Right? Forget about the bad stuff in your life because you are yourself, you have bad stuff. God has just not revealed them to you. Okay? Right. But just cover the good side of them. Right? But the other stuff he does that, he tells us, sit at my feet. Now, let me make a, a, a small <laughs> exegesis of that. When God brings us like a mentor, it's usually good. Why? Because we can relate with them. We can see their mistake. We can learn X, Y, Z. Good example, Elijah trained by Elijah. Isn't it? And we saw what... I mean, the crazy stuff Elijah did. Right. Now, but who trained Elijah? The Bible didn't tell us, didn't it? The Bible just say, the man of Tishbite, Elijah. Where did he go? Ooh, we don't know. We don't have his Facebook or LinkedIn profile. Nothing. <laughs> so who trained Elijah? How do we know? It was God. How do we know? Well, Elijah, Jesus, and Moses, they have a similar trait. How do we know? Well, according to Bible, they were the only three people who Fasted 40 days and nights. Jesus, remember, he went, he did that before he started ministry. Moses, when he went up to the mountain to collect uh, the, the Ten Commandments. Elijah, when he ran away from Jezebel into the wilderness, was there for many days. For the, if the angel said, look, Elijah, the journey is far. Take this and eat. And then another similarity about them is that when Jesus took Peter and John and James to the month of transgression, when they got there, I mean, this is amazing to me. Peter said, wow. I mean, I, mean, I too probably would say, wow, I'm mesmerized by what they saw. They were able to recognize this as Moses is Elijah. These folks are long dead. How did they know? That's the Holy Ghost. How did they know this is Elijah, this is Moses? That's the Holy Ghost. Right. So we now see that these two guys, they must have been trained by God, not a mentor whom I mentor. Now, one of the things about trained by God is that personal opinion, I think is hard. <laughs> Why? Elijah fasted 40 days a night, isn't it? But we didn't hear anywhere in the Bible that Elijah fasted. His boss has done the fasting for him. Because it's come and fast first and now you will argue, isn't it? I will argue as well. Mm, but if Dan has done it on my behalf, oh yeah, that's good. That's cruising, isn't it? That's one of the difference about mentoring and God training. When God trains us, He trains us. Like you're in the military academy, just following instructions. But so when you have a human mentor, you can still argue. Well, Dan, I don't think I should do seven days. I should do three days, isn't it? But when you're under God, I don't think you have that luxury. Anyway, let's move on. So, so we have. They said. They have to be possessing knowledge. What sort of knowledge? Knowledge of God. How do we know Daniel had this? Well, we know in those days, uh, they stuck what is called the Torah, which is the, 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 the laws and the prophet, uh, the, 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 the book written by the, um, Moses and also the prophet as well. It's called the law and the prophet. We know this guy, Daniel, must have studied. Timmy, how do we know this? 
We will know further on later on. But I need to dwell on this a little bit. The Bible tells us in Psalm uh, 119, I think it's verse 9, somewhere there. It says, your word have I hidden in my heart that may not sin against you. Now, if you've not studied, you probably will not know the word of God. If you've not meditated upon it, you probably not stick in your heart. Stick in your heart means that we've assigned some values onto it. Now, Timmy, how do we know that? Very easy for us to know whether we have put value on something. Okay, for this exercise, where's my friend Karina? Are you here? Oh, she's in the other. Okay, uh, let me use somebody else who's not going to be offended, right? Because this example. If I said to my wife, darling, please, can I have a look at that 24 karat goods? It would take a maximum, I think, 10 seconds to produce it, isn't it? Why? Because she assigns value to that 24 karat good. If I ask you any of the ladies, I'm sure it'll probably take you seven minutes or six minutes, isn't it? I'm sure it would. It won't take you one hour. Will it take you one hour? Why? Because you've assigned value to the gold. That's a similar thing God is expecting us. Word of God, it should be much more than gold in our heart. That at any second, we know this is what God is saying in his word and expect me to obey so I can see the fruit. Daniel, in this case, he knew the word of God. And he hides it in his heart that this is a precious thing. And I must live by it. So this is one of the qualities that the king was expecting from, before, uh, from Daniel and his friend. Okay, so we expect ourselves to follow suit in the sense that we need to study the Bible so that we're not tossed from the left to right, so that we're not deceived. There are too many all manner of stops out there on the internet that it takes the word of God and the Holy Ghost to sift. Is this truth or lies? There are what we call um, New Age people. Sometimes they tell you the Bible X, Y, Z. But you see, it takes the sermon from the Holy Ghost to know this is not of God. Very good example, in Acts chapter 16, we have Paul, a mighty man of God. And we have this lady who possessed by the spirit of Python, or what's the other one for, for it again? Divination. And was saying what she was saying was true. But the source is wrong. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we shall not be deceived. We will stick to people who possess knowledge, carriers of the word of God, and carriers of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen? So the next attributes he said no blemish right no blemish it's an attribute that you and i know points to jesus in this time in the days of uh, daniel they had sacrifices upon sacrifices isn't it and one of the requirements that god said today give me a lamb without blemish or spot so the king here is also saying look guys are looking for they must have no blemish or spot why is he doing that well Coming from, let me say, God's kingdom. He's been taking a what? A foreign kingdom or a demonic kingdom. Why? Where they do things in their own way. And it's a foreign culture to him. But Daniel has been brought into that culture. And that culture, this is what they do. They want this, they want this, they want this. Right. But you and I know, in First Peter chapter 1, verse 19, I believe, if you can, it says what? That we've been redeemed by what? By not corruptible things. But by the precious blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God without blemish. Is that there? Yeah, thank you. Well, the Lamb of God without spot or blemish. So, what is that saying to us? It's saying that, look, God has redeemed us by the precious blood of His Son. And He expects us to stay redeemed 
not to allow things to corrupt us or dabble into corruptible things because he has taken us from those environments. So if an, an unbelieving king is requesting this, how much more God who saved us? We should not dabble in anything that can corrupt us in any shape or form. We shouldn't. We should not try to look at it and evaluate and, and say technically it's, okay. it's not before God. Why? God says in, his Bible, in, the, in the word of God, it says, I am a holy God. Be ye holy. It's not changing that. It will never change. That's what he expects from you and I. And don't, uh, Oh, Timmy, that was Old Testament. It's still true to today. It says in the book of Peter, I am a holy God and expect you to live holy, righteous life. So, the final attribute he said, I want from these guys is, um, is an attribute of, okay, quick to understand, aptitude. Okay, I said um, they have to be quick to understand and also, um, so okay, let's look at verse 5 and 6. I think I've talked about that. Verse 5 and 6. Yeah, he said they'll be in the service for three years, isn't it? They've been training for three years. But I said, I we're in training in the Lord's service for eternity. We're not going back. We're staying there. Now, the story is slightly. In verse 5, they've now started their training. In verse 5 of Daniel chapter 1 says, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank. And three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Now, among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To the chief of the Enoch, gave names, gave names. He gave Daniel the name of Belshazzar to, and, and all those. Around. Okay, I'll come to that now. Now, the first thing here is the king uh, instructed that they must be trained for three years. And he now apportioned daily provisions. The Bible says delicacies. Now, I want to believe that most of us have um, gone to a five-star hotel where they offer you delicacies, isn't it? And they're very sometimes they're very attractive, isn't it? And you're there, and the Lord said to you, woman, pray. I'm sure you say, no, right, it's the devil, isn't it? <laughs> delicacies are good, and they, they are good. They're good for our body, they nourish our body. But sometimes, we just, it's not sometimes, every time, we just need to ask the Holy Ghost, Lord, should I partake of this? If he says no, that means no. He knows why. He probably don't know why at that point in time. Now, um, before I get to verse, verse 8, but this is what the king's offering them. You'll be served the same thing I eat, the same thing I drink. That sounds very encouraging, isn't it? That will make the training go smoother, isn't it? Mm, yeah, imagine Sandals and they will offer you delicacies. I'm not sure you'll pass the exams. <laughs> The drilling time. Right. So you offer them that. But the message for us here is that not all provisions are welcome. Not all provisions are welcome. How Daniel was able to know this, we'll find out shortly. So the other thing we now find here is in verse 6, 7, the, the uh, training now took another year. How? They now, they now, they are now in a foreign culture, and therefore they have to do things their way. So the first thing is, they have to change the way they think. And one of the ways they change, they will change, is they have to give them a new identity. So Daniel, they said, your name will be called this. That one. Let me let me give us a meaning of their names. Now, 
God assigns meanings to names, and names carry heavy weights in the kingdom of God. To Daniel, means God is my judge. But Belshazzar means Bel, that's a demon god, protects his life. Imagine. From Jehovah protects me to a devil protects me. Well, from God is my judge to a, a demon protect, um, protect me. Haniah means the Lord shows grace. I was given the name Shadrach. And that probably means the uh, uh, the, uh, the command of um, a servant of Aku. Aku is a demon god in our own culture. And the third one, Mishael. Mishael means who is like God. And they gave that person, Mishael, Mesha. And that probably means who is like Aku. That's the name of a god. Right? The last one, Azariah, means the Lord helps. Right? Psalm 127, the Lord is my, uh, Psalm 1 to 1, the Lord is my help. The Lord is my helper. Azariah means the Lord helps. And they gave him the name Abednego, which means servant of Nebo or Nego. That's the God of writing and write, of learning and writing. So imagine they're changing their identities to the culture of that time. What's for us? When a culture that is anti-God in one shape or form and is trying to enforce some, some, some of the cultural norms for us to accept in one shape or form. But we have the Holy Ghost and we don't accept those stuff. Now, how they change their name here, I don't know. Maybe they just say, okay, from today, your name is now X, Y, I don't know. But I believe in their heart, Daniel is still Daniel. We don't refer to him as Belshazzar, do we? No, we refer to him as what? Daniel. Because that is what is true identity. Whatever identity people want to force upon us, we refuse it. We refuse it. We stand by God's identity for us. God is my judge, Daniel. And the other one says, uh, God is my helper, not a demon God. So these people, Daniel and his friend, they realize who they are. They know they're from God. My identity is from God. And therefore, I'm not changing it. Because Jehovah God, all-knowing, all-seeing, he's a true God. Not a demon God in culture. So they resisted that. Okay. Now, training has started. Well, what then happened? Okay. In verse uh, 8. Yes. This is where our faith definition now kicks in very well. Right. Blessed verse 8, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart, he will not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the Enoch that he might not defile himself. Yeah, Daniel purposed in his heart. Now, what does that mean when you purpose something in your heart? It means you're making a commitment. You're setting an objective, say, I'm pursuing this. Isn't it? It's like when you're about to travel, you buy your ticket, make sure your passport is in okay, it's not, hasn't expired X, Y, Z, and you're ready for the date. You set your heart. That's where I'm going. Daniel also purpose in his heart. Some purpose there is like a strong moral conviction that this is what I'm going to do. I will not defile myself with what? With the king's delicacies and wine. Now, Timmy, why is that? Well, Daniel must have been studying the Bible. The, well, we call it the Bible. In those days, they call it the Torah. How do we know? Well, in the book of Leviticus, 
chapter, I think it's chapter 17 there. God gave them a list of thou shalt eat, thou shalt not eat. Now, when we say, Timmy, does that apply to us? It applies. I will explain why. So, Daniel must, must have known that these are potentially some of the things God said they should know. Now, how do I know this? They probably didn't tell them what's in the delicacies, isn't it? They probably say, oh, the king's delicacies. We don't know. We don't know. The Bible didn't tell us this is what is in the delicacy. Maybe Daniel knew. I don't know. But he proposed that, look, whatever the king's delicacies, I'm not going to allow that by eating it to what? To defile me. Now, let's fast forward to New Testament. In New Testament, it's different. Why? Because Jesus, first we saw an example in the book of uh, Acts. But Jesus said to us, the things that you put through your mouth are not the one things defile you. He said, but things like, I mean, when Jesus mentioned those, they're heavy. He said, things like evil thoughts, murders, blasphemies, those are the things that will defile a man. Now, those ones are heavy as well, not just the food. But what's Daniel doing here? Daniel is declaring his faith in God. In a foreign culture, in a difficult environment, an environment that promotes all manner of junk that is against God, Daniel is putting his trust. He said, God, I trust you, even though we're being offered this, but I've decided I'm not going to take it. I'm trusting you that I'll only go for vegetables and water. That is faith in action. It's no longer wishful thinking. The first step of faith was that God, I purpose I'm not going to take partake of this delicacy. But then he now requested from the chief eunuch, say, Sir, I request we're not going to partake of this, but give us what? Vegetables and water. Now, Let's look at what the Bible says there to see the gravity of what Daniel is doing here. In verse, uh, uh, verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the Enoch. And the chief of Enoch said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you will endanger my hair before the king. Now what that guy is saying is... Look, Daniel, if I should follow your instruction, it's not just my P45. P45 is when you've been sacked, isn't it? <laughs> Baba, I go home. You're right. But it's my head. I have the family. So to carry out your own instruction, at the expense of my head, then I don't think. Now, what is Daniel asking, requesting to be done? Daniel is re requesting, if you, the spiritual insight is saying, look, ignore the king's instruction and follow the instruction of my king. Now, that's a difficult thing to say verbally, isn't it? But that's, in essence, what Daniel is saying. He said, look, I've heard your king's, our king's instruction. Don't obey him. Obey my request. Now, before that happened, Bible says, now God had given favor to Daniel before the war, the eunuch. In other words, God has stirred the hearts of that eunuch. Say, young man, today, obey Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> He's Daniel himself, so that's fine. That's cool. Right. So, God has stirred the hearts of that chief eunuch. Say, whatever Daniel says, do. Because that guy said, look, if the king comes there and inspection, uh, uh, unprepared for inspection, just shows up, say, how come Daniel and his friends are looking lean? After, after all, they should be. The king's delicacy must have been checked for, please, isn't it? Proteins are there, everything to make us feel good. How come these guys are not looking good? The guy is in trouble, isn't it? And no, it's not just a little trouble. The, the guy said, look, my head is on the line. So it's not just P45, he loses his job. They will chop him off. That's how wicked that culture is in that time. So this is God responding to who? Daniel and his friends' faith. So Daniel, I can see your heart. 
not just your heart, but your step. Because he has requested that you should serve him this type of meal, not the king's delicacies. And God in the background, God's unseen hand. Remember we sing that song? Even though where he's walking, we can't see it. I've forgotten that song. Okay. We make a miracle walker. Even though, yeah. If, promise keeper. Even though he's walking, I'm not seeing though I can't feel the boy's walking. So God on seeing hand in the background has been doing things for Daniel so that they can walk. Bring in the kingdom of God into the environment. Bring to the kingdom of God into the environment. And so, Daniel and his three friends began to eat their vegetables and um, water. And he said to them, look, give me, give me of 10 days and come and examine us. Physical examination, they did that and they always found that their physical features were better than those who fed on the king's delicacies. I have a question for you and I. What is that faith in our hearts that we are yet to put into action? We've thought about it, but we've not done anything about it. Now, sometimes my wife will say to me, to me, I think I need one of those crazy faith. And I can tell you sometimes some steps I take in faith, to me, it looks crazy. It looks as if it doesn't add up, let me put it that way. In other words, one plus one is not two when I took those steps. I remembered um, some time ago, uh, um, uh, the Lord said that when I was in Z Zurich, in Switzerland, Go out and preach the gospel. So I said, yes, Lord, I'm going. So I went out. And the Lord said, go to that um, um, store. It's one of those big stores like Tesco here. And I went there, bought one or two articles. And I bought to pay. And the Lord said, speak to the lady in front of you. So I started speaking to her. She opened up. And at the point, she now said to me, no, I don't need your Jesus. And I was thinking, what, Lord, what should I say? And the Lord said, well, this is Lord to know that people's hearts are hardened to the gospel. I said, Lord. So you brought me here so I can experience this. Yes, so you can know that people's heart are experienced. So pray for this one. I offered the lady to pray for her. She still resisted. I said, Lord, that's showing you that people's hearts are hardened to the gospel. How about my heart today? My faith towards God in a difficult environment. Daniel and his friend were in a foreign culture where God is not embraced. Where am I today? Is it similar to Daniel's environment? But I might take him that step forward. Later on, the king, after they finished their three-year training, the king also what examined them, and he found them to be what ten times better than other children. Now remember, Daniel said to the chief eunuch, "Look, test us after ten days." So what did God do? God multiplied His blessing upon them ten times. Now the Bible says that the king found them to be ten times better than his magicians and astrologers. Now what does that say to us? You are walk. The CEO says we have a challenge X, Y, Z. They brought it. Okay, let me share this testimony. I was working for uh, a, a big company. Uh, it's called. Okay, it's called. Um, um, they make um, puff, right? Rush, Rush PLC. They're based in Basel in Switzerland, right? When I got to that job, if I get to that job, is God's hand as well. They said to me, Timmy, we have Microsoft and Accenture, and they've been here working on this project. So I said, so why did you bring me here? Well, we believe you have something to offer. Later on, I realized that those two big companies, I thought, what am I going to deliver? Those big guys. Apparently, there was nothing to show for their presence. And they've, I mean, collected a lot of fat consultancy fee. I said, what? So when I realized, I said, God, 
you have to help me. Then I, I felt comfortable. Why? Because the way God brought me there itself was a miracle. Well, the answer said to me, Timmy, this is what we need to do. So I asked them, what's the project plan? We don't have one. So what do you expect it to, 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 to produce? So they now said, okay, we have this, we have this. Can we replicate this? I said, okay. You know what I did? I said, Lord, please help me. And I felt, just go on your desktop. I got my desktop. I put my hand on the keyboard. Honestly, as I put my hand on the keyboard, I just felt the way I can describe it is like a wave over my head. Zoop. And I felt like a download. I just put my hand on the keyboard and the codes were just coming in. I was just typing them quickly so that I don't forget. So I submitted my code to my line manager and they came and said, Timmy, that's what I want. And that, I just know this is God. I was saying to myself, this is God. This is God. Because how come the big giants, Microsoft can't do it? Me? Then I know this is the what? The hand of God. God's hands was upon those vegetables and water. God's hand was upon it. God's hand was upon Daniel and his three friends. Why? Because God ultimately used them what? To bring his kingdom, his act, his word, into uh, the courts and the king's palace and also into the nation. Because when you are found to be 10 times better than a magician, you know what that means? That's P45 for the magician to start with, isn't it? <laughs> because we've been employing you to do your magic or to do whatever, but you can't do anymore. How come these guys, Hebrew guys, they're slaves, X, Y, Z, they can't even do better? Forget it. In the king's um, court, they don't do it with emotion. You can't deliver, they get you out, isn't it? Because they're not there to come and eat cucumber. <laughs> they're there to perform. All right. So, but the key thing is that Daniel brought King God, Jehovah going to the palace. And through that, he was able to tell the king so many things that will happen to himself and also to the nation as well. So God is banking on you and I. You are in that local environment, um, neighborhood. And he's saying, I want you to represent me in this neighborhood. That thing that you've been thinking about, that faith step, is now time to take it. Now, when we take those faith steps... Sometimes in our head, we want to figure it out, how this will pan out. But you know, in God's mathematics, sometimes one plus one is not two. Why do you say that to me? Well, he spoke to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, there will be no um, cloud. There will be no, the valleys will not be filled. There will be no this, there will be no rain. But there will be rain. Now, when you hear such things, your mind switched to science. How can there be rain when God has said all these things will not happen? But it did happen. Rain came. So that's a similar thing with our faith as well. Why? You know why? Because when we plant a seed in the soil, do we go to check whether the, 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 the seed will grow? No, we don't. We just plant it and we expect the thing to grow. That's a similar way our faith should work. Because God works. He plants seed. What are those seeds for us? Those seeds represent the word of God that we have, what, ruminated over in our hearts. Lord, I trust you that you're going to do X, Y, that we prayed. How are you going to do it? I don't know, but I trust your unseen hand to work things out for me. That's our faith in action. Faith is not static. James tells us, he says, faith without work is what? Is dead. So from today going forward, our faith has received divine strength to move. It's no longer static. It's no longer staying in one spot, but it's pressing forward. Challenges will come, but we'll keep pressing forward. Daniel and his friend, they had the opportunity to say, no, I'll just, I'll just, after all, they're serving the court of the king, and they, thou shalt obey the king, isn't it? But they decided not to. They decided not to.
And what God did? God backed them up. And so, today as well, going forward, we too can start taking those steps of faith and say, Lord, this is an action. Father, I come into your hand. Anyone in this room that in one shape or form have thought their faith is dead. Holy Spirit, I invite you to reignite our hearts and to step forward one more time. As Daniel did, Lord, he stepped forward and put his faith into action, requesting X, Y, Z to be done against the king's instruction. Father, we too step forward against against what the environment and popularity are saying. We step forward and uphold your word and stand in your word. And Lord, thank you because you did great things for Daniel and his friend. You equally do much more for us. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, I invite you to hover everyone's heart. Lord, to put away, Father God, that which is could potentially could defile us in any shape or form, but to hold on to the word of God. Lord, as we study, Lord, give us revelation and let those words, Father God, sink into our heart and shape us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on. Thank you, Timmy. Thank you. Come on. That's so good, Timmy. Thank you. Thanks. We got so rich. I feel like there's a few things that really kind of stood out to me as opportunities to be ministered into today for all of us, in addition to what Timmy's just prayed. I think the first one is for some of us, we may feel like actually we're going through a season in life where we're, being, we're getting temptation put in front of us. We're getting delicacies put in front of us that we know could be compromising, could be causing us to compromise on our faith, on our values, on our feelings, on our emotions. And like what Timmy just beautifully and eloquently displayed to us, actually following the model of what Daniel did, is to choose the non-compromise route. And so I feel like for some of you, there's an opportunity to be ministered into through that today. And so I'm going to ask, if you're part of the ministry team, um, just go and grab a badge. Um, if you're not sure if you are or not, then ask James and he'll tell you. Um, but we're going to minister into that. The other one is ministering into identity. You feel like actually what is being placed upon you is an identity that is not yours. Either through other people's expectations or atmospheres, or even in the place you're in, you feel like who you were called to be, who you were created to be, is being unwelcome in your workplace, your family, your life. Even um, family members are looking at you and believing the choices and the things you're saying and standing for are wrong and are trying to tell you otherwise. And so there's a real challenge coming against your identity today. And, and I feel like actually from what Timmy has released this morning, there's a call again to trust our true identity, trust who God says that we are and never settle for anything else. And then the other, other one I just wanted to throw out there as well within the compromise thing, it, it struck me as fascinating, Timmy, that Daniel and the others answer to the chief eunuch, which to me says potentially, now there's nothing to biblically back this up, but I feel like this is something that the Holy Spirit triggered to me, is that potentially... Daniel, too, was made to be a eunuch because he lived under the authority of the eunuch, which means that he was emasculated. His identity was attacked directly in his physical form and that they were unable to reproduce as a result. And I feel like for some of us today, there's a, a ministry for us to grab hold of here. Actually, we feel like we're positioned in a place that's trying to emasculate us, that's trying to undermine us, that's trying to remove our ability to re reproduce of God's kingdom 
because of what the world around us is doing to us. And I feel like what Timmy has beautifully done has been to put a plumb line in the ground, actually, and just say, no, 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 we're here for who God says we are. We're here as God's chosen people. We're here as the ones that God has anointed for such a time as this. And it doesn't matter whether I'm in Babylon or in Israel, but I will be who God says I am. And I will see the fulfillment of his plan in my life. And so why don't we just all stand? And then what I will say is that if you, need, if you feel like you need somebody to lay hands on you, then I'm going to welcome you to, in fact, I'm going to ask ministry team guys, you want to come stand over this side? Because what we can do is the team can then start packing up around you. But um, if you need an additional prayer today, then I'm going to ask you to come and join them. Just do a quick prayer in response to what Timmy has shared this morning. But Father, I thank you that we know who you say we are. I thank you that you have spoken over us, that you have breathed identity onto us, that we are sons and daughters in the name of Jesus, that we are covered by your love. No matter who says it, it doesn't matter where it is, it doesn't matter what atmosphere it is, I am yours, and in your place I stand as your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, so would you seal upon our hearts and our minds in the name of Jesus to be surrounded by your love. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.